Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Betsy Opit. Betsy is a registered dietitian located down here in beautiful Naples, Florida. Betsy, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks for the invite. I'm very excited to be here. It's a great topic, and I'm looking forward to really getting in-depth with it. Um, do me a favor, Betsy, if you don't mind, for our viewers and our listeners, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep. Well, I'm a registered dietitian, uh, and I just recently opened a yoga studio. So I've always been passionate about health and wellness. Actually, from the age of about 13, I knew my calling in life was to be a registered dietitian. So I've been at this for a long time. I say I'm an advocate for healthy lifestyle, healthy living, healthy changes, and just really helping people optimize their health for, you know, longevity living. And I think it's really important that there are self-care things we can do every day that will optimize our health that aren't hard. They're not radical diets or anything like that. It's just learning your body and being more mindful and incorporating all aspects of health. And that's why I don't just focus on nutrition. It's that mindfulness, it's body movement. It's just that awareness and just making sure that you're putting your body first. So overall wellness in general, basically. All right. So listen, I was going to ask you kind of how you got to this point in your profession and you mentioned age 13. So, (laughs) so let's go back a couple of years, right? Uh, To 13. So, so what, what was the catalyst? So, so what were you like at age, let's say 12 and what kind of brought you to age 13 to be so interested in this profession? Uh, Well, I was an athlete. I mean, from the moment I came out on my mom, I was just always active. And so my mom put me in dance and then I got into circus. I was a circus performer at age seven, which then flew into, um, not literally flew into gymnastics, then diving. So I was always acrobatic. And I remember there was a point my mom had actually gone to go see a registered dietitian, which you know, I thought was really neat because she came home. She's like, oh, I learned all about food and healthy eating. And it might actually help you in your sports if you start eating healthier. Because I'm like your typical 12-year-old, I, whatever. Sugar, sweets, yeah, lots of lots of really good yeah. ice cream. Yeah. And I was picky and I didn't like vegetables. And I think it was my mom's way to say, hey, you need to start eating your veggies because I wouldn't eat anything green. And so she gave me an article and I read it. I was like, oh, wow. So if I start eating sweet potatoes and veggies, it'll provide me more nourishment so I can actually be a better performer and, and a better athlete. And so that was the small catalyst. And even in my teenage years, I remember anytime I could read an article, and this was kind of prior to when the whole big boom in the health industry, like people really cared about nutrition. This was like right at the the beginning of that. Sure. So anytime I saw an article, I'd read it and I'd start adopting these changes in my my life and my body. And I felt good. I performed well. And I was the one that we're at Taco Bell with my friends. I'm like, you should not be eating that. Oh, you were one of those. <laughs> huh? Okay. Those. Yeah. But I, you know, I just integrated slow changes over time and just really made them lifestyle habits. So um, I, I know so much more now than I did obviously in my teenage years and I never stop learning. I'm constantly into podcasts and um, different studies that are coming out about nutrition because it's always evolving. We're learning more and more about the human body. And what I'm fascinated about is a well care system instead of a sick care system. And with this whole outbreak and everything that's happened over the year, I think it's a, an awakening for people that we're not as healthy as we think. And, you know, 88% of the American population is metabolically compromised. And you know, so what is, I'm sorry, what does that mean metabolically so compromised? Your metabolism isn't optimized. Um, you have trouble with sugar balances. Like people with prediabetes would be a good case of saying metabolic syndrome. So it's just your organs aren't functioning at their prime level. And so it's a slow deterioration of our body, but it's, it's a silent, I don't want to say a silent killer, but it's a silent disease because a lot of people aren't even aware they have it, but it's an underlying inflammation. And as we know, inflammation is the precursor to every disease. So sure. 
Interesting. Okay, so in high school, then okay, so you're you're into sports. Yeah, you're very active. You started eating healthy. I mean, were you uh, as clean of an eater as can be, or would, did you deviate like other kids, or you know, kind of how hardcore were you? Yeah. Into, into well, I, it's a really good question because I think it's a self discovery of our body for everyone is to knowing what style of eating works for you. So back then that was like in the nineties, it was fat free. Remember? So that's what, that's what all the information that we were being fed in the media was that is horrible for you. Go fat free, eat all the carbs you want, you know? So I kind of followed that trend realizing that wasn't good for my body, <laughs> right? you know, and then all the other trends start coming out. And so I call what I adopt now through just trial and error and learning everything about different styles of eating for your own unique body. I call it a flexitarian diet. So I don't marry black and white as to the style of I, of what I should be eating. And what I've learned through my integrative and functional nutrition background is that there's different stages in life that we need different types of foods and different balances of food. Cause I'm not a young teenager anymore and, and abundant with all this exercise. Like I can't just eat all the calories in the world and all the carbs, you know, so my, my body's now aging and I'm in my forties. So now I'm really geared towards prevention and reducing inflammation. So my diet has changed dr dramatically and I kind of graduate, graduate more towards plant-based, like getting more bang for my buck. When I eat, I want function. When I eat, I want the food to do something for me. So I also, when I say flexitarian and why I say it's not black and white is I like that little bit of freedom that if I want to go have some pizza with my family, I'm not going to be like, I can't eat that. I'm going to sure. die, you know? So I think everyone kind of needs to loosen up a little bit and not really feel they have to follow this diet, but they need to really find what works for them. And working with a professional that has that understanding of the body, maybe looking over their labs their lifestyle, their stress, their exercise, and really formulating a plan that works for them instead of against them. Because a lot of times we adopt these cookie cutter diets or whatever the fat is at the moment. It might work for a handful of people, but for the mass population, it doesn't work because it's not a style of eating that really suits their particular body. Well, fad diets are interesting that you mentioned because mm. you mentioned fat free. Right. Yes. Then we went to, like you said, then there was sugar free. Yeah. And I don't know the order. And then, but then, Atkins, there, and then there was Atkins and exactly and South Vito, Beach. And because right. then all of a sudden carbs became our enemy. Right. right? right. Now, someone who, who's been an athlete their whole life, I'm sure you would agree. I mean, carbs are needed to some degree. Right. Yeah. I and mean, we all have this bad connotation of what carbs are all about. Mm -hmm. So what do you think are good ways to eat carbs? What are good carbs in your opinion of what we should be eating? So I always put that twist on function first. So when I'm looking at a carb, if I'm going to eat that as a source of energy, I also want it to be an anti-inflammatory source of energy. So it's not the white refined flours and sugars and things that break up break down quickly, they may give you a glucose rush, but they have no other nutrients or fiber in, in them. So I look at things like fruits. I mean, fruits are very cleansing for our body. It's reducing inflammation. It puts your body in a more alkaline state. You absorb your vitamins and minerals in a balanced state like that. So those type of um, foods like the fruits, but also the the whole grains and more ancient grains. Um, you want to stay away from crops like the, the traditional wheats and things that are high in GMOs and glyphosates, uh, but gearing more towards like sweet potato, quinoa, which is actually a seed and not a grain and some of those more ancient types of grains, which are very wholesome and fiber and riboflavin, those B vitamins. And so they provide more benefit to you along with the carbohydrates. So is brown rice a good source or is that not really 
It's not one of the highest quality. Okay. I wouldn't put it as my first pick. I mean, quinoa really is one of my favorites. When I, I eat it to... almost every night, so yeah, I'm a oh, big good. fan. Yeah, huge good. fan. So you mentioned about being in balance. Mm -hmm. How do we know if we're in balance or out of balance? <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> That's a tricky question. It's yeah. not like our bodies come with an owner manual, you know, and we Correct. of course have lab testing, but that doesn't always un uh, uncover issues that might be going on in the body. So I like to do more functional-based testing, tests that you're not going to 